Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. So today we are going to be talking about the Abhijit's journey uh, in uh, as far as weight loss is concerned. But before before we start today's podcast, I would like to openly admit that yes, Abhijit, they have found you out. You are far right because I have evidence. Right. I have evidence of how. I have evidence. See, you are far right because you are talking about fitness now. And guess what? The Time magazine had written. Time yeah, magazine... so uh, written that fitness is the new uh, Bible of the far right. It's a white supremacist origins of exercise and six other surprising facts what? about the history of. <laughs> what the hell, man? Like serious <laughs> wankers, next level wankers. Yeah, so they, they caught you, Abhijit. You, yeah. You what are, can I say? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely exposed. Yes. And, and, and the funny thing was, in July 2023, the MSNBC had written an opinion piece and published an opinion piece, Why is the Far Right is Really Into Home Fitness. God. I mean, you know, it's like... There is something to be said about uh, the mental health of these characters. Huh? Yeah, it's 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 interesting that uh, you know we we why do they do this? It's like I I don't understand. We're not going to discuss about the attack on you and because of whatever. But I mean, I had to talk about it because it was so funny, and I was like, oh yeah, the articles had come. Now they have proven you're far right, but it's okay. So okay, tell me. Totally. Yeah, so now obviously today we're going to focus on your uh, journey to this particular Ayurvedic uh, naturopath. Would you call it a naturopathy uh, uh, resort or what so, exactly no, would you call it? I'm never going to call it a resort. It is a hospital. Okay. It's a very, very nice hospital, but it's an Ayurvedic hospital. Okay, so okay. Go, take it over now. And I basically went there because I was researching and I found, hey, wow, nice. It's a resort. Uh, no, it really isn't. In fact, they filled in the pool specifically so that people would not think it is a resort. They filled it in and made it a lotus pond so that you would not go swim there. Uh, what it turns out is that they are a very, very serious hospital. Uh, they want to do things like, you know, traditionally what used to happen was even in Sri Lanka today, which has the highest HDI in India, you first go to a GP for a holistic, a general practitioner for a holistic diagnosis. And the GP then recommends you to certain specific things. In India, we don't value the GP at all. Mm -hmm. But in Ayurveda, one of the things was that everybody had to be a GP and then you could have specializations as well. So here they look at you completely holistically. Okay. So what happens is before you go, when I found this place, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be Ayurvedic. I'm just going there for the massages and things like that because it was two massages a day, two treatments a day included in the uh, package. Anyway, so I rock up there. And uh, uh, first, before you rock up, they have a two, three hour long consultation with you. You have to fill in lots of forms because they want to know what exactly is it? What are your priorities that you want sorted out? What do you think is wrong with you? Then they themselves will tell you what they think is wrong with you and what all needs sorting out. So, for example, there were little things. So, for example, my obesity was linked to a bad case of skin dryness. 
which I never realized, which they realized immediately. Uh, they realized that I had, uh, you know, uh, 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 an unhealthy bowel, which I had never realized at any rate till I went there at any rate. Uh, they realized a lot of things about this. So when I went there, you know, the first two, three days, I was like, very nice place. I mean, gorgeous place. If you go check out the photos I've put up of that place, it's stunning. Uh, I was like, what the hell is this? This isn't what I signed up for. Where's my thing happening, etc., etc." Boss, they knew exactly what to do. Like all sorts of other issues that I've had. You know, things like, for example, there was this constant, you know, this thing, you can't see it here, but um, you see this mark here, this kind of darker skin. This used to be much yes. darker. It was constantly itchy. There was itchiness all across my body. Uh, and it was because my body was very dry. And I never used to put oil because my face used to keep secreting oil. So what they've done is they've sorted a lot of those issues out. The places that were too dry are now not dry anymore. The places that were too oily uh, was not something they could solve because they were more interested in solving the rest of the dryness of my body, which was much more problematic according to them. And that is done. The weight reduction now continues unabated. I'm losing two kilos per month since I got back pretty much. And that stays on track. Right. So, but what it helped me realize was the main thing was to focus on yourself. Be conscious of everything. Be conscious of every breath you're taking. Be conscious of every morsel that you're swallowing. Be conscious of every calorie that you're taking in. And, you know, that's a very good way of uh, controlling your weight in a sense, but also solving your problems, being very conscious. You know, sometimes we just take ourselves for granted. We take our bodies for granted. And the focus was all put back on you. Focus on yourself. Everything that you're doing. So they they make you count calories is what you're saying? No. Even in Ayurvedic they don't way? make you count calories. They don't make you count calories. But they, they make you conscious about everything that you're eating. Eat slowly. So for example, we never sit in a round table chatting with people. There's no talking aloud while eating. You know, remember when we were kids, they always used to say, don't talk at the dinner table. Why was that? You're meant to focus on the food. They want you to focus on the food. They want you to focus on chewing. They want you to chew your food properly. Okay. Uh, so that because a lot of the food that we have, a lot of your digestive problems are caused by you not chewing and macerating the food properly. Right. So they want you to chew it. They want you to focus on the food. They want you to focus on every single thing you're eating. You're not doing calorie counting. But you're not going to be eating a TV meal, watching TV and gulping down as much as you want. You have to be very conscious about what your body is feeling as and when things go in. And that is fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Okay, but what about uh, in terms of a diet? Like, uh, do they study your dietary patterns so, when you go there? So what they do is they do a lot of tests on you initially. And you're classified in one of four different categories as per Ayurveda. In those categories, you have foods that are good for you and foods that are not good for you. Okay, so it turns out meat is good for me. Some meats are good for me. Some meats are not good for me. Surprise, surprise, as a Bengali, fish is apparently not good for me, which I found quite surprising because I thought my natural metabolism would, but apparently my metabolism does not support the consumption of fish. But the thing was, 
primarily all my fat and this thing was being caused by a lack of attention to my food number one and number two not eating any roughage and having my intestines cleaned out so there's huge accumulation of fat and meat going on in the stomach so what they wanted to put me on was a high fiber diet which would constantly be cleaning out my guts like a loofah sponge right there were other things i learned so for example you're never meant to have dahi in its gada form you're always meant to water it down. For my body type, I'm not meant to have gada dahi. I'm meant to have watered down dahi. Yeah, chas. Chas. And you know, that tells you a lot why chach. I mean, people could have drunk dahi as it is. But why do people drink chach? See, this is why a lot of the old wisdom starts making sense. Garmi mein chach piyo. Indigestion hai to chach piyo. Har cheez ke liye chach piyo. Why? Because yogurt by itself does not calm your stomach down, but yogurt combined with water mixed a bit uh, uh, calms it down. So what's happened now is my entire kind of carb craving is gone. I'm on bamboo rice and Kerala red rice and Manipuri black rice and things like that. But I'm not uh, uh, really craving carbs anymore. Uh, Meat, they scared me out of. My meat, um, and they're very good at this. they told me, look, meat is good for you, but have it in moderation. You can't just keep eating meat all day because that is half the problem of why your stomach is blocked and things like that. And your metabolism is slowed down so much that the food just stays in there and there's your metabolism is slowed down so completely that you know your food is just lingering inside your stomach for too long and it's rotting in there. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody out here. So what ended up happening was that uh, they found the only way to make me stop eating meat was to scare me about meat. And they did it very effectively. They told me, think of meat as sugar. Now, I do control my sugar intake. I don't control my meat intake, but I do control my sugar intake. And as far as my body is concerned, meat is sugar. Right? So every time I see meat... Like, you know, how many people do you know who eat more than one ice cream? If you buy you only eat that one cornetto. You don't binge through three, four cornettos. So look at meat as a cornetto in a sense so that you'll just eat one. And you won't start gorging on it. And it works perfectly. So every day there's one meat dish at home. It will be exactly this much. Like, ek chota katori hota hai na? Utna hi hoga. But there are always six, seven other dishes which are... Uh, just pure fiber vegetable by itself and you know unlike so you know one of the problems is they they a lot of north indians for them vegetarian is just paneer and aloo do you know how many mishras tripathi shuklas and all trivedis and chaturvedis and uh, uh, ikvedi and dvivedis i know who are meant to be brahmins and won't touch any vegetable other than potato and paneer Okay, for them, potato and paneer are the only vegetables. Here, the number of vegetables I was exposed to. Thankfully, I love all vegetables. So all I'm doing these days is eating about, my cook makes six, seven different vegetables and you're meant to control the spice and salt. Salt control is key. Spice control is key. But why? Why the spice? Salt, I understand. Why the spice? Achha. So so it's very simple. Spice, mein, tum jitna spicy banaoge, utna zyada naan khaoge aur utna zyada chawal khaoge. The spice is what drives your consumption of both rice and bread. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, 
uh, if you have traditional old uh, low GI rices like uh, Kerala red rice or uh, northeastern black rice, they are going to release sugars very, very slowly. So it's fine. But what we get is polished, refined rice and maida and uh, even atta. Technically, these days, it's maida. You, uh, atta should never be as soft. The kind of chapatis you produce should never be as soft. So we all know it's maida with a little bit of color added in there to make it look like atta. Okay. But spice increases your carb consumption and consumption of things that you don't need in your system. Right. And they had a fantastic chef out there who taught me to cook different things. I think the only thing he made, which I did not like, was this proso millet. Proso millet is something I've decided it's the only food that I know today that I absolutely find disgusting. But other than proso millet, I like everything else. And he also stopped giving me proso millet after he realized I found it disgusting. But he taught me how to maximize the flavors of those vegetables and eat properly. So they condition, it's, it's not a one size fits all. They have to figure out what your weak points are, where to attack them, how to attack them, and how to then mentally condition you so that you don't go back. Because, you know, the easiest thing to do is once you come out is to go back to all your old food patterns and that entire 14 kilos lost would be gained back within two, three weeks of coming back. Out, right? So it was very, very carefully controlled. And their main focus is on preparing you for after your release. They're so good, they don't want you back. If you come back the next year, they view it as a failure on their part. I generally trust hospitals that don't want you coming back. As opposed to hospitals that keep telling you to come back. Yeah, sustainability is the, see, in my own experience, when I came down from 96 kilos, I had gone all the way down to 67. I'm never going to 67. That was just too skinny for me. I was not, I did not enjoy how I looked also at 67 kilos. I think for me, the ideal weight I want to stick is 70 to 72 kilos. That's about it. Maximum 75. That's where I hover around these days. But uh for me, the most important and the toughest aspect which people don't realize, and I want to ask you this, what do they say about sustaining weight? Because nobody, for see, everybody can lose weight once. Everybody yeah. does it. The problem is gaining it with a vengeance. Yeah. Now, that is more of a psychological issue, less of a yeah. habit issue. Yes. What do is there something in, in this place, in the program, where they talk about the psychology of uh, binge eating? How do you control your binge eating habits? Like, I am very disciplined by nature. That's it. I go cold turkey after that. Yeah. But the point is, most people that I see who fail after their weight losses, they can't sustain it. So what do they say there? So see, their sustainability is teaching you how to cook. Right? Their sustainability is you focusing through. So we have three sessions of yoga. In the morning, you have the uh, proper yoga. In the afternoon, you have uh, what people know as proper yoga. In the afternoon, you have nidra yoga. And in the evening, you have pranayama. Hmm. So everything is based on you focusing on your own body. The sustainability plan here is self-awareness. 
be aware of what you are eating be aware of what you are doing to your own body be aware of uh, how much you are eating where you are eating they don't have a concept of a cheat day per se but when i worked out my plan that i will have one cheat day they were like fine go ahead and have your one cheat day right so today is my cheat day uh, diet coke because uh, uh, basically cold water is banned cold water wreaks havoc with your metabolism people don't realize this you should only be drinking warm water warm or hot water uh but this is my one cheat okay uh then sometime uh next week i'll maybe have uh, uh you know some heavy sugar thing some big dessert or something that will be my second cheat uh so there'll always be one cheat or something every now and then which is fantastic but then uh this uh like water thing why why lukewarm water i did not understand that bit think of it as this your body uh, i'm going to give you a body analogy and then i'm going to give you a cooking analogy okay your body is essentially burning up the acid in your stomach is burning up the food to extract the calories from it right mhm you drink cold water it's like pouring cold water in a pot that is frying kya hoga usme the temperature comes down and the entire cooking taba ho jata hai usme so yeah. you literally it's slowing down your metabolism and it isn't allowing for an effective processing of the calories and therefore food gets stuck in your stomach and doesn't move out mm-hmm. the body is very fine tuned to consume calories rapidly and push the food out what you need is absorbed and then food is pushed out the more you keep drinking cold water the temperature brings down the chemical reaction ka heat and this thing absorption calorie absorption so you keep consuming more and more and more it will take longer like think about it if you're cooking something and you keep adding cold water or ice cubes to it your cooking is going to take a heck of a lot longer what can okay. be finished in 5 minutes will take 5 hours so it's basically the same thing uh but a lot more calorie extract which your body doesn't need because so basically room temperature water or lukewarm water is what they recommend lukewarm is better lukewarm is better uh best not to drink water immediately after eating because it dilutes the stomach juices but uh, uh generally just keep hot water to lukewarm water so okay so in this uh, in this place that you uh, went uh Like what is the role of exercise? Like how do they look at uh, physical activity? Okay, I understand the bit of the diet, and we we can focus on the mm-hmm. diet and balancing out diets as per the Ayurvedic uh, principles. I I understand that, but what is the role of the physical activity? Because I uh, this is something right. so, a lot so of people don't talk activity, about. So physical activity is linked to each person, depending on who they are and what their metabolism is. right so even your yoga in the morning the nidra yoga and the pranayama are same for everyone but even the intensity of the yoga in the morning is calibrated to the person uh, uh involved right so for example for others there was a very uh, uh strict regime of exercise for me it was less because they knew from my history that i uh, you know after gaining weight all my attempts at early exercise had produced sprained wrists and sprained ankles and things like that so for me the ex- exercise was restricted to 1 hour of walking in the morning and 1 hour of walking in the evening 
right? But brisk walking. I was given a timetable in which to finish these many rounds. Karke. Okay. And there it's very easy walking because it's straight path. It's not like Delhi or Bombay footpath where you have to keep looking where you're going and you're not really paying attention to the exercise. You're paying more attention to avoiding poop on the streets and things like that. Right. So uh, it, it essentially it was like this. We would I would wake up at five o'clock in the morning because you have to take a bath and brush your teeth before your morning yoga. At 5.45 in the morning, yoga starts. At 6.30, breakfast starts. From, uh, say, 7 to 9, for me it was 7 to 8, I had to finish my rounds. Then at 8 o'clock was my first consultation, followed by my first treatment. Then I would get free time. Uh, and the treatment would last about two hours, so say till about 10 o'clock. Uh, 10 to 11.30 would be free. 11.30 would be uh, uh, yoga, nidra yoga. Then we would have lunch. Uh, and then at around two o'clock, you'd go for your second treatment. Uh, and then, which would again last about two hours. And then you will go for your evening yoga at 5.30, followed by dinner. Okay. Your day is kept jam-packed. You're never bored. You're always doing something or the other. You've only got about two hours of free time during the day. Right. And in the evening, it's lights out at about 9.30 maximum. So it's a very, very... Huh? Yeah, you were so tired by it, boss. The amount of exercise you did without realizing it, it wasn't very taxing, right? And once you get into this thing where you're seeing weight loss happening at such a rapid pace, it acts as a huge motivator as well. So it's, it's really... Uh, uh, think about it. It's all very thought out. There's nothing here that's different from... Western medicine in the way they think. No, I, I don't know about the, the cold water thing. I mean, I have read studies. Water may, yeah, Abhijit, I'm not convinced personally, but I'm not here to debate their claims or anything because it's fine. But so, I have not read any study that says cold water has a problem and adds adversely uh, any adversity when it comes to digestion. Honestly, uh, I have not uh, seen any study saying that. Mm. Except for me, what it's done is... Uh, Nothing short of a miracle. I am only drinking hot water these days. Uh, where I can't get hot water, then, you know, uh, room temperature water. But only hot water these days. It It's literally cleared out my entire system. I used to have gas issues. I used to have all kinds of issues, which are no longer happening anymore. My, uh, 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 sorry to use the word, but potty. Potty subhe hai. I can't sleep past 5.36. It, it's made my bowel movements regular. It's made my bowel movements very rapid and clean. Uh, it's uh, it, it's really, I mean, there might be no scientific basis for it. But then how does it work so well? See, the, it could, I think, where I... My biggest grouse with the entire uh, Ayurvedic community has been their lack of double-blind uh, placebo-controlled study culture. Ko promote nahi karte, hai nahi hai. It, is, it is a huge grouse I have with them because personally, I see a lot of value in many things Ayurveda recommends. and uh, But it has to be tested on, on the pedestal of uh, double-blind placebo-controlled studies. But, but I still believe that uh, a lot of things Ayurveda has to offer... Um, 
has a has sense sometimes in it in fact i mean uh, you know how i figured that out i was i read a very interesting book by a evolutionary guy called randy randolph nessie randy nessie ki maine book padhi thi evolutionary medicine ke upar and when i was reading that book of evolutionary medicine or how do design how does one design a medicine itself based on the principles of evolution Yes, I was like, and then I started reading like Ayurvedic principles in the panel. I was like, this makes a lot of sense, and Ayurveda also used to consider them. The problem is with Ayurveda; it is stuck in a time warp. They don't; they so refuse I'll to do you, new I'll, research. Sure, fair, but here they do do new research. This is not a place that is uh, uh, antithetical to anything new, right? Uh, this is. Uh, let me give you a simple example i mean i don't think you found any, you know anybody more skeptical than me when it comes to atheists right but even me the first skepticism when you see the without any medication because the first 3 4 days there was no medication when you see the clear improvement in bowel movement and everything that the food and the water is having for somebody who believes in the scientific principle of cause and effect you have to accept that there's something to it right uh, and so in between i'd gone to israel for a few days where it was mostly meat but just constantly drinking hot water kept my uh, uh, metabolism the exact same way it was so i'm even seeing that even when i change my diet as long as i stick to the hot water routine and uh drinking copious quantities of water but timing it for some time uh, stopping water well before a meal and drinking it well after a meal is doing miracles with my bowel motion generally and with the weight uh i don't know the science of it uh it was explained to me somewhere but i don't uh, remember all of it but it is a cause effect relationship which in my case certainly seems to I agree with you warm water does help at times even in hospitals when you are there they do give you warm water at times it is on specific subjects on specific issues it does work i'm not denying that in fact at times even i have had warm water like i am completely on board with chas i think chas is much better for digestion as someone who you know who has switched from dahi to chas i used to be a dahi monster then i became a chas monster abhi tu mere ghar pe yaad hai na jab bhi main roz chas peeta tha tune dekha tha na main roz chas peeta hu so chas is definitely better i have personally noticed it did help me with digestion but the thing is see here's my problem with most western ayurvedic koi bhi hone de and the problem again i'm linking it to the sustainability aspect and i want to know how you are going to manage it is main tere ko batata hu problem hai look then life happens having a discipline around what you eat you eliminate you can eliminate one or two things and add one or two things no no so see the secret here was making me think of meat as sugar okay uh, and reducing the salt and this thing this is something i found even when i went out to italy or recently to amritsar i could maintain Uh, Israel, not Italy, and Amritsar. I found that I could maintain it. You know why? Because when meat was, I was taking so much. The most, every place, I mean, vegetables you will get everywhere, right? So uh, at a five-star buffet, when you are living in Taj Swarna, you will always have uh, uh, vegetables for Gora people. 
So, you know, your steamed vegetables with very little butter and things like that, which is very easy to get wherever you go. Eat that. Charge to har jagah mil jata hai. Even in Israel and Europe, you get charge very easily. In Israel, they call it Iran, which is the uh, Turkish word for it. Uh, across the Mediterranean, now it's a big thing. So everybody drinks chach everywhere in Europe, pretty much. You find it very easily. It's called different things. It's called Iran or whatever. I, the Greeks have a different name for it. I don't know what. It's very easy to do it. It's not, I, I have not found it difficult so far after two months, including one foreign trip and one local trip. So it's good if you've, if you've not found it because um, I... In my and experience, the big importantly, okay. importantly, uh -huh. uh, the flight I took, uh, and it was an official uh, sort of an engagement. So, you know, everything curated in a conference and whatever. Sticking to the diet there was easy. And just pecking the right things off your meal tray was also very, very easy. Because you see in an airline meal, it's one-third, one-third, one-third. Uh, one-third in that hot dish, one-third meat, one-third carb, one-third veggie. Mm -hmm. You just eat the veggie and the starter ka salad. Bus. Nothing else. And it's shrunken my tummy massively. I'm not able to eat big quantities anymore. Yeah, that's very natural. Like, I can't that's eat what natural. I used to before. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like if I eat more than one this big katori of rice, I literally feel bloated at the moment. I feel I'm going to die. Hmm. Right? It's almost like it's choking my stomach up. Yeah. That, so that, what that, then that. happened was, so what happened was after these three days of first self-realization, they want you to realize through all the meditation and things, can you feel what is wrong with your body? Can you feel the itchiness of your body? Because they didn't want me to use outside soap. They only wanted me to use the soap that they provide, which is very gentle on the skin. So what are you feeling on your own body first? Okay. How are you feeling? Are you feeling gassed up? Are you feeling full? Are you feeling light? Are you feeling hungry? What is it? Check. Then they started giving me the medication for the purging of the intestinal tract. So it started off with uh, uh, basic uh, Ayurvedic medicine. And uh, it started with 60 ml of ghee. The next day it became 90 ml of ghee. And finally it became 120 ml of ghee for two days. And when you drink that amount of medicated ghee, and this is proper ghee, huh? this isn't the crap that you get. The, uh, this ghee literally smells like butter dosa roast. Like Bangalore mein jake roast dosa khate hai na, this ghee smells like that. It's delicious. Apparently lots of people can't deal with the smell and can't swallow it. I love ghee, so uh, I could drink it. Boss, it sends you to the toilet like that. Okay. Uh, and it, you are not able to eat anything that day, but not in a bad way. You're not feeling nauseous. You're just feeling full. Right. But what was particularly disturbing in all of that is almost six kilos I lost during the purging phase. And there were things, and for those three, four days, I just couldn't eat anything, not in a bad way, because I wasn't feeling sick, I wasn't feeling weak, I was feeling super energetic. Uh, in fact, I was doing more exercise than normal, more yoga than normal, etc., etc., etc. And 
what was happening was there was more coming out of my intestines than I ever remember eating. So the first three, four days, the loss was of water from the system. They were clearing out the water from the system because they were puffiness and bloating. The next four or five days, they were cleaning out the intestines. Because just in case you people don't know, anywhere between three to six kilos of your body weight is crap that is stuck in your intestines. Literally crap that's stuck in your intestines. Which needs to come out. Okay. And people don't realize that, you know, it's most of your intestines get stuck because you're eating so much of this multi-cuisine, all kinds of nonsense food, drinking lots of cold water and coke with your food and things like that. You're destroying all the natural systems of digestion we've developed over thousands of years. So your stomach can cope with the diet change after about three, four generations. But for you to be having Italian in the morning, Thai in the afternoon, Chinese in the evening, uh, South Indian the next day, Assamese the day after that, a paleo diet for a day after tomorrow's dinner, then uh, uh, I don't know, uh, South American food for the day after, day after is breakfast. Your body can't cope with that. Right. So they were basically, uh, and I, they focused me on just one kind of diet. So even now, like I am missing South Indian food, which I eat at my diet days, but I've just standardized it on a basic North Indian diet that my cook will know how to cook. Mm -hmm. uh, and shall I bring you some of what I'm eating today and show you? Sure. Sure. Okay. And yeah, by the time, in the meantime, Abhijit comes like, I, I can share what I did. I did nothing of this. I did not go to any institute. I went nowhere. All I did was this. Whatever I used to eat, I did not even change much of what I eat. I just reduced the quantities. And I was walking like a madman. I used to walk every day for an hour and a half, brisk walking. Like I used to walk at this. My target used to be a pace of at least six kilometers an hour. I used to walk, 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 walk. And I used to eat less and I lost all my weight and I keep doing my blood tests. I don't follow any advice anywhere. I'm fine. My blood is fine. My parameters are fine. I don't have any deficiencies. I have nothing. And that's it. That's all I did. I just ate less, walked more. And that's about it. I still do that. I walk and now I have added only one thing in my... Um, in my system or my routine, that is, I do intermittent fasting. Uh, I don't eat anything for 16 hours. There are days I don't eat. I think three, three or three times a week, it becomes 18 hours, sometimes 20 hours. I just eat in a six-hour period. So I am whatever I eat, it's going to be in a six-hour period. And that's it. It, I, it doesn't matter what I have had, but if I'm eating something, it's in a six hour period and it ends there. And after that, I am just focused on not eating. If I, if there are occasions I feel hungry, I just drink water. I cheat my brain. I confuse my brain. I drink water. I have seen it works like magic with me. If you feel hungry, you just have to drink water. 
if you drink water it just works so well with me i feel satiated immediately if i drink water my brain feels satiated and abhijit is back so this is my dinner this is the actual portions of my dinner as well hai itna hi kha raha tu dekho okay now let me explain everything to you you're seeing here is is basically a cauliflower ka bharta it's so simple you just heat up mustard oil usme thoda heeng dalo cauliflower cauliflower ka patta jo aata hai plus uh, uh, heeng salt and two three green chilies you cook uh, pressure cook it for like uh, two whistles and then mash it up okay then this is a palak ka raita Okay, this is a different kind of palak because here we get different kinds of palak. So I usually put a different green leaf every day, mixed in bitter bitter dahi, watered down dahi. It's actually mixed with chaach. Okay, and finally this one, of course, you all know this is bengan ka bharta. But again, very simple. There's zero spice in this. There's uh, literally just about a quarter teaspoon of chili powder and very little salt and only tomato and onion. Nothing else. No garlic. No ginger. no garam masala no nothing in there and this is the sum total of my dinner today so it's also reduce the size of my cravings uh i will maximum eat this once uh once a day is my normal because i'm not even feeling like eating much but if i'm feeling really hungry i'll peck on this they insist however that you cook food fresh every day because apparently leaving it overnight is tamsik so this is the cauliflower mash I don't think people realize how tasty simple mashed cauliflower is by itself. This doesn't need garam masala. It's it's just really simple, straightforward stuff, and it's delicious. You know, part of this whole thing of focusing on yourself is also to. get in touch with flavors like i don't understand vegetarians who can't eat anything other than potato of course they cater to everybody uh, if you can only eat potato they will i guess they will make provisions to see to it you only get potato but so this place you went they obviously don't serve meat right they're all vegetarian oh god strict no no uh they don't care how much money you've spent If they find meat on you, you'll get kicked out in no time at all. So let me put this back because I shouldn't be eating on a podcast, and I will come back and tell you about the entire history of this place and the whole. Um, it's run by Christians, uh, as in the owning family is Christian, and they are more fundamentalist Hindu than any Hindu I know. So let okay. me come back and tell you about that. But yeah, so I am not making any scientific claims over here. This podcast was not about. the science or anything this podcast was about what abhijit experience so before somebody is like he has made this claim here science says this baba i am not making any scientific claim over here all i'm saying is weight loss is a very internalized and personalized process what works for x in a weight loss program will not necessarily work for y in a weight loss program i did not go to any program and i lost all my weight by myself I have sustained pretty much in and around that weight all by myself. I don't need any uh, any resort to go or any hospital to go. 
I have done it all by myself. So it's not a big deal. But it was interesting because Abhijit had this journey and he was like, would you be interested? And I was like, hell yeah, I want to know what people do, man. It's it's always nice to hear experiences of people when they go to a certain place and they experience it. So, anyway, yeah. So, what was I saying? Uh, let me finish this off quickly. And yeah. then we can go to Q&A. Because, look, you want to talk about the science, you have to go to the doctors out there and talk to them. Yeah. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're absolute miracle workers. Not miracle workers and they got me to lose weight. But miracle workers and they taught me how to sustain my weight loss and continue it after I got the hell out. Which is the most important thing. Bhai, Which is the most important more. thing. Yes. Right. In a way, understanding my lifestyle and telling me how to do. You know, they sat down for the last three, four days. There was special counseling for an hour or so every day on how. They'd just be talking to you about your life. Uh, when you go back, how it is, how hectic it is and all of that. And they'll tell you, look, this is another way you can focus on this. This is another way you can prevent, you know, like if you have four or five meetings during the day. Okay. Uh, you will, for example, get uh, uh, samosas everywhere or biscuits or whatever everywhere. So just ask for black coffee or black tea wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just avoid the snacks completely. Mm hmm just tell people you have a sugar problem so they won't even bring it uh, close. That simple. So it's it's easy stuff. But let's get back to this. So this is run by, so it's called Kalari Rasayana. It's uh, just north of Trivandrum. Uh, what happens is that there was this man called Vincent Joes. And he started up this uh, hotel called Casino. And what was happening in those days in Trivandrum Port, when the sailors would come, they thought everything was a gambling den. They'd ask for a casino. Now, there was no gambling allowed in India, but he set up a restaurant called Casino. And so when the locals, uh, which used to serve very good, typical Malu food. So when uh, the guys used to come and ask, when the sailors used to come and ask, where's the local casino? They'd say, oh, casino, casino, you go there. And then they would have gone there and they might as well eat and come. So it became very profitable. And then he turned it into a hotel slowly. Right. Then what happened was that when Rajiv Gandhi took the aircraft carrier on his holiday to the uh, uh, Lakshadweep Islands, he came up with a proposal to turn the Lakshadweep into Maldives, where each uh, island is given off to a hotel chain. But they wanted to do it a pilot project with only one at Bangaram Island. So this man, Vincent Joes, was the only one, uh, well, the Joes family at this point of time, were the only one to put in, in those days, an ecologically sustainable plan. That uh, after the lease expires, we will move. There will be nothing left. We will only train locals. We will only employ locals and things like that. So, you know, it was essentially like what India does in Africa as opposed to what China does in Africa. It wasn't a China and Africa plan. It was an India and Africa plan where you capacity build locals. You focus on sustainability and things like that. And that became a thing. Then he decided now the Maharaja of Palakkad based somewhere out of Kolongod, is was a dear friend of my grandfather's. He had fallen on hard times and they wanted to sell off the, um, the palace uh, in Kovilakam, uh, which is in Palakkad. So what happened in Kovilakam was they had very strict conditions. Everybody had come because it was such a beautiful property. The Taj Wallas came, Obrai Wallas came. But the family wouldn't sell it to anyone because there was the uh, Durga temple in the palace 
there were priests to be maintained out there. There were rituals to be maintained out there. And everything had to be maintained that way. No meat, no leather even allowed inside. Okay. So Mr. Joes was the first person to then agree to this. He agreed to it and he made it a resort that was going to be completely. So there, in fact, the Kovilakam one in Palakkad is even stricter. Here, at least you're allowed to bring your leather chappals inside. After that, you have to wear the local straw chappals and things. There, you're not even allowed to bring leather inside the compound. Okay. You have to take it off and leave it in the outhouse. You can't bring anything leather inside also. So it's very, very strict that way. And they came up with a business plan that it was going to be completely Ayurvedic, uh, completely Sattvic. So no onions and garlic allowed there either. For me, garlic is recommended in some cases. So in this particular place, I can have garlic, which is uh, Kalari Rasayana, which is uh, north of Trivandrum. And, uh, you know, it that place, it didn't make a profit for the first three years. Then people started flocking to it because you're not flocking there as a resort. You're flocking there for curing. You have to be very serious about this. You go here when you are dead serious about this. Okay. And this one, the only relaxation that is given other than that is that you're allowed to bring leather into your room, but you're not allowed to bring it out outside. So chappal ke ajao, but no using the chappal within the uh, resort. Everything there begins with Asatoma, Sadgamaya and Sahanabha. Okay. So the doctors are Christian, Muslim, whatever, but before every treatment, recitation is an absolute must. The Ganesha Puja is an absolute must. Okay. So this is uh, not a... Uh, uh, please stop thinking of this as a resort. They're dead serious about helping you through your problems. And they will tell you, if they can't solve your problem, they'll tell you in the consultation itself, Ki boss, don't come. Uh, and they won't take the money from you. And they're not interested. They feel that if you have to come back to them, they failed at their jobs. Okay. The very interesting thing was their kitchen. In the kitchen, for such a big place, they only have one fridge. Wo 200 liter ka fridge hota hai na? Uh, with a little freezer at the bottom and the fridge at the top. Only that. Because they do not have a cold store. That cold store is only meant for the dahi and for the butter. Which they make out of dahi fresh every day. Every week apparently they make fresh butter out there. For the key for treatment and all of that. Everything else including all the food is there is organic. Even the honey they've, they've contracted it out. Everything comes from within 5 kilometers. They've contracted out a piece of land to be specifically developed for bees that they require to use in their honey. And you taste that honey, that honey is totally different from any other honey I've ever tasted anytime, anywhere. So you know it's completely organic. You go in the kitchen. There is nothing kept in the fridge for the next day because apparently keeping food overnight makes it tamsik. Right? So they get rid of all of that. Okay, this is interesting. So, I mean, see, uh, it's a very interesting worldview that Ayurveda has. I I personally would like a lot of these claims to be tested under uh, modern scientific principles also. And I think a lot of them might pass. Some of them might fail. Um, 
does that mean people should not practice it if it works for them absolutely not i have always been a clear votary of as far as weight loss is concerned listen follow what works for you and as long as your blood tests are fine and your health parameters are fine you should do everything within your uh, your capacity so if it's working for you i should say you should do this if it works does not work for someone else they should not do it like i didn't go to any place i still lost weight i still maintain my diet i that's what works for me but now let's start taking question hmm. so did so they, they what did they say about fish not good it's not good for me there okay. are lots of people see because they're doing a complete determination of your body type okay okay and they give you a complete list of what is good for you and what is not good for you 99% of the things will be good for you it's okay. just the quantities you take them in how you process them for for example gada dahi bilkul bhi nahi khana chahiye Okay. I should only be having watered out fifty percent water, fifty percent. That is the ratio that I have been recommended. Okay. okay. What I found was I could never eat dahi as it is, and once it became chaat, I find I'm consuming copious quantities of it, which is fantastic. Okay. So fish and, and chaat plain. बोलते हैं कि वो मसाला चास और वो सब बोलते हैं. मसाला डाल सकते हो. They they don't mind मसाला चास. चास में मसाला डालो पर नमक कंट्रोल रखो. चास. Okay. Okay. में वैसे भी कितना मसाला डालोगे यार मोर देन वन तड़का स्पून फुल ऑफ से हींग और जीरा और समथिंग लाइक दैट हुज गोना पुट दैट मच मसाला इनटू अ चास गॉट इट गॉट इट फिश इज नॉट गुड फॉर मी सो आई कैन ईट फिश ऑन ए चीट डे बट आई हैव बीन टोल्ड टू कीप इट डाउन टू वंस अ वीक व्हिच आई कैन डू आई मीन इट्स नॉट अ बिग थिंग फॉर मी द मेन थिंग वाज मटन एज लॉन्ग एज दे डिडंट रूल आउट द मटन आई एम परफेक्टली फाइन But they screwed my life up in that they told me you think of mutton as you would think of a cornetto. So I'm like before where I could polish off about almost a kilo of mutton at one sitting. Now I'm like eating like hundred grams one katori of mutton. But it's very I'm feeling completely sated. That's important. Okay, so so this place must be expensive, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So the cost was around uh, what three and a half, four ish, uh, but it depends from person to person going. It's it's a minimum fourteen days that you have to spend out there. They have fourteen day programs and twenty one day programs. There is nothing under fourteen days. Uh, mostly they have a ninety percent rejection rate. So you might think you have a problem, but they might not think you have a problem, or a problem that requires their special kind of attention. So you have to call them up, talk to them. Uh, have a serious conversation with them this is a serious consultation okay you can't be a hypochondriac who goes to fortis every evening and says doctor mere ko cancer hua hai mere ko please abhi inpatient kar dijiye and things like that like you know when politicians get arrested and they pretend they are getting a heart attack when apparently actually was just away from a heart attack that selthil balaji or whatever in madras but anyway uh, you can't do that kind of tricks with them they'll know Okay, so they take only uh, this thing, and yes, yeah, I, I'm not saying it's cheap, but the cost varies wildly depending on what you're there for. Okay, mine wasn't particularly high because it was a, a very straightforward thing. There are other people that have very complex treatments going on where the cost was much higher. Okay, so this is interesting. So did, does this work? what do you make of this best way to encourage weight loss is to offer tax benefits academic scholarships to healthy citizens don't punish fat folks reward healthy folks what do you think about that i think that's a fantastic idea boss 
I yeah, but if you're rewarding fine. healthy people, in a way, you're punishing fat people, na? So the state can't yeah, do that. No, you're not punishing. You're not punishing. You're you are factoring in the cost, your cost to national health care. If you are healthy, your cost on national health care is uh, your burden. The burden you impose on national health care is reduced, and therefore you should be rewarded through tax benefits. If you are so unhealthy, lower premiums, lower premiums, stuff like lower that. premiums. Uh, 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 lower tax rates because you obviously won't be using the health system as much as an unhealthy person will, etc., etc. Absolutely, that's a fantastic idea. I support it one hundred. But but it's a slippery slope because what if you have like a proper genetic disorder which there is no ilaj for? So you know there are no, many exceptions. So so, so there there'll always be. What if you have thyroid, right? Who yeah. wala thyroid that you gain Absolutely. weight? Then then. But you see, that's not problems. that's not healthy. You know, we're talking about normal healthy people. Or not healthy. Okay. As long as that, so because I get very scared when government gets into all these things. I don't like That's the true. idea of government. Government That's deciding but, what is unhealthy and healthy. But uh, first but of remember, all, the politician so himself second, is unhealthy. Second, one second, one second. See, you do what uh, Australia does, which is government contributes fifty percent. You only have private healthcare, but government contributes contributes fifty percent. You contribute fifty percent as long as you started it before you were thirty years old, and then what you end up doing is that. the insurance premiums that you pay for your health reduce significantly based on your health and worsen significantly based on a lack of health hmm. so what what did they did you try a keto diet or did they talk about a keto diet over there in the ayurveda place and did you study it so think of this almost as a keto diet uh, except kaise because there isn't much by way of carbs no The Indian food is full of carbs, right now. Yeah, but yeah, but mostly you're eating fresh, green, leafy vegetables and things like that. Your potato, carrot, beetroot, potato. I was never served. Not even one of the fourteen days was I served potato. Uh, you're mostly the only root vegetables I was served was carrot and beetroot, uh, and that's about it. So it's uh, and you know the thing is people don't in India don't realize. that india has hundreds of vegetables that don't have carbs hmm okay next okay okay next is uh, where do you buy authentic govind bhog rice to kya rice ka supplier hai kya online but mostly i have it smuggled in from bangladesh oh my god <laughs> i i make a note of who are all going to bangladesh and i always tell them to get me 7 to 8 kilos because trust me we grow nothing in india like bangladeshi gobind their gobind bhog and chini guda they are yaar unka jo gobind bhog if you put it just in water and start cooking it the whole house starts smelling of kheer as if you've added elaichi powder and what not and you're cooking kheer that is what a true gobind bhog but even in good quality indian gobind bhog that you get online will also smell like hot buttered popcorn not that that's concerned listen i have to run so let's go through the questions quickly hello doctor yeah. please tell us where is blood produced in body i don't know best remedy for weight loss is eating paneer pizza for breakfast chicken biryani for lunch and shawarma for dinner fantastic all the stuff i don't eat best way to encourage weight loss is to offer tax benefits agreed what is the name of the center kalari rasayana Uh, have you ever tried keto? Yes, I've just spoken about it. Where to buy authentic Gobind Bhog? Done. Uh, why should we not not eat non-vegetarian food in the month of Sabad? I don't know. I honestly don't know. 
uh, I, I'm sure there was a good reason for it. You know, the reason behind not eating fish through the summer months has to do with the reproductive season. You know, they say in all the months, the modern interpretation is the months with R. If the month does not have an R in it, you don't eat fish. So it, May, June, July, August, you don't eat because that is when the fish are reproducing. So it's a sustainability practice. Now, non-vegetarian, I don't think there's a reproduction season, but there must have been something to do with post-monsoon or monsoonal rot. Uh, remember, things will rot a lot faster and get contaminated a lot faster in monsoon with water and things like that. I suspect it had a lot to do with that. Dryness preserves, but moisture kills. Remember that with meat and things like that. And I think it had a lot to do with that. Rohan, Vyas, Abhijit and Kushal, can you guys please give vegetarian fast food joints? Saleh, I'm health food and you're talking about restaurants. AI once said that dal mustn't boil. Yes, dal must not boil. Okay, that is something that they also follow here. Uh, they soak it overnight so that it will be soft and then they cook it on simmer. They do not pressure cook their dal at this place. Okay, and the reason it, it kills off all the interesting nutritious compounds, it kills them off if you pressure cook it uh, uh, repeatedly. So you cook it off pressure in simmer and it will happen like that. As long as you remember to soak it. Okay, so save yourself a lot of this thing. Don't be lazy. I just soak the dal the previous night and cook it. 15-20 seconds, your dal will jayega. If you make your cooking, please put recipe options. Yeah, sure. Uh, what oil do you use in cooking? Uh, I use ghee. Mustard oil for all my North Indian food. Uh, gingery oil, which is to say unroasted sesame oil for all my South Indian food. Uh, I can't deal with coconut oil except in one or two different dishes. But um, yeah, uh, that's mostly what I use. And for when I cook Chinese or something, I'll use uh, groundnut oil. The only unflavored oil that I use, which is for salads and things like that, salad dressing, is rice bran oil. It used to be called rape seed oil, but then rape, the word was very problematic. So they turned it into rice bran oil. Mm. Apparently, rice bran oil, I've heard, is rapeseed, what used to be called rapeseed oil. And when we were taught that in school, we all used to go, <laughs> because, you know, Indian school kids, all dirty little perverts. Uh, Ashutosh Rao, can you share more simple vegetable dishes that you have learned? I love vegetables. Even veg restaurants mainly have paneer, choli, and aloo. Yes, Ashutosh. I will very shortly, once the new house is ready to move in, the first thing I intend to do when I move into the new house is start my own YouTube cooking channel. So you should all be praying for my new house to be delivered soon so that I can start my YouTube cooking channel where I promise you 90% of my cooking is actually going to be vegetarian cooking, which is mostly what I eat anyway, even before this. It wasn't just here. It was very unhealthy vegetarian, but now I'm making all my recipes healthy vegetarian. So who is Johan Tegra? Do you follow him? Yes, I follow him. And I think he was very good in his criticism of COVID. He's called a conspiracy theorist. Sure, some of it is conspiracy. Some of it, invariably, conspiracy becomes reality. Uh, what is their take on alcohol and its consumption? They don't like alcohol, but if you want to consume it, you can. Consume it in moderation, same with smoking. They would rather you did not at all. What is the assessment of low glycemic? Remember, there is no compulsion out here. The only compulsion is you can't bring meat into their compound. So that they're very strict about. Okay. Uh, next, uh, I will have to run now. Okay. Uh, 
so uh, what was their assessment of low uh, huh, sorry. So what was their assessment of low glycemic index substances like tapioca? So I don't know about tapioca because I was never served tapioca, but I was given a whole list of things. Then when I looked up tapioca, it is in the moderate category, not to be consumed too much, but there's no harm in consuming it. Uh, but apparently the starch content in it is quite high, which is why it's kept in the moderate category. Uh, okay. So it's a fine. Okay. Um, I don't know how you're allowed to have dahi palak uh, uh, raita at night. Yeah, so a lot of people have this thing that you shouldn't have dahi at night and you can't have palak at night and all kinds of nonsense like that. Uh, I'm allowed to have it. So it's, um, uh, and I checked this. So I'm allowed to have it. It's that simple. I'm allowed to have that and poached fruits. So, yeah. Okay. So Abhiji, try Mai Tai Kher, the aroma of Chakhao. Okay, try Karlena. And uh, my Tai oh, care. What is my Tai care? I don't know. Ye is it hai. I don't know. Kheer hai ye. Kheer ki ye spelling hoti hai. K-H-E-R. It Wait should be second. E-R. Photo. I will find out from my friends what this is. Sister Abhijit, where is your Kala Tika? I hope koi aapko nazar na lage. Awesome poster. Thank you. The other PC name for rapeseed oil is canola oil, not rice bran. Achha. Rapeseed is very similar to mustard on steroids. Canada did tea, tea, the, the renaming. I anyway, I use rice bran oil. Uh, so just figure out what that is. Uh, I was told it was rapeseed, but clearly Poodham seems to disagree. Uh, I use rice bran oil. That is what I use. And I only use it for salad dressings or if somebody comes and says, Yar, I can't deal with mustard oil. Yar, ke tel mein pakata hai. It's disgusting then I use that. Or they can't, there's so many people who can't stand the smell of ghee. So it's only in those cases that I use uh, this thing. Uh, okay. Rice Chal, I know you have to go. So we'll wrap it up again over here. Tu ja, chale ja. I will wrap things up and I will uh, do everything. Uh, uh, like I said, and I'll state it. Agar tune do saal apna vajan sustain kiya, main Delhi fly karke aunga. Aur tujhe tere favorite five star mein healthy khana khilaunga. दो साल एक फाइव स्टार के लिए वो फाइव स्टार खाना का एक मील मैं पांच सेकंड में बना लेता हूँ पैसा <laughs> दो साल दो साल तेरे को वेट सस्टेन करना है ये तेरी और मेरी डील है अगर तूने दो साल ये वेट सस्टेन किया तो मैं तेरे को लेके जाऊंगा जहां पे तुझे लेके जाना है नहीं तो नहीं दो साल दो साल यू हैव टू सस्टेन ओके इफ आई सस्टेन माई वेट लॉस फॉर टू ईयर्स he is going to take me on an all expenses paid trip oh, 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 oh. <laughs> to uh to Seychelles. yeah yeah okay. right yeah so remember he's promised me this and it constitutes a fiduciary <laughs> obligation please save this particular video clip because i will use it to sue him if he does not take me after 2 years thank you very much tata bye all right guys we'll wrap today's discussion up as always Please follow the Charvak podcast uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video. Leave your comments in the comments section. Um, Today's video was not about any scientific claims. Today's video was Abhijit wanted to talk about his experiences at this particular uh, Ayurvedic uh, treatment center or hospital or whatever resort, whatever you guys want to call it. So once again, I am not making any scientific claims. In fact, I'm very skeptical of many claims made in Ayurveda at a personal level. 
but i don't dismiss ayurveda as an epistemic framework like many people who are extremely anti ayurveda on social media are i actually have a lot of respect for the 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 under, underlying epistemology of ayurveda so i would always be open to anything that works like i said as far as weight loss is concerned everybody has to go through their own journey the psychological triggers are different different foods do different things for you so please keep supporting the charvak podcast if you are an audio only listener go and you know give a good rating on spotify itunes if you are on youtube you know the drill like subscribe leave a comment if you can this is a member driven podcast please become a member on youtube fanmo patreon wherever you are it does not matter or if you can buy the charvak podcast merchandise on kushalmehra.com or kadak merch aur kuch nahi kar sakte to kushalmehra@icici mein upi donations de sakte ho i'll see you guys next time take care bye bye